Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of Kumo tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Thanks for listening to the Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. See, I will say this. Uh, So my boy, well, I've got a three-year-old too, but I've got a 10-year-old and a seven-year-old. My boys are so obsessed now with Fortnite that getting them to watch (laughs) NFL games is sometimes a challenge. Like, uh, so last night... My uh, my ten year old is just you know playing Fortnite at all hours. He gets home from school, gets his homework done, immediately wants to play Fortnite and talk with his friends uh, from school <laughs> as they play yeah. Fortnite. I mean, it's an obsession. <laughs> and so last night I was like, hey guys, uh, you know the the Patriots are playing, and uh, we can watch that some on NFL Network. You know they're flipping around, and we've got you know Monday Night Football on. Let's see what happens with Sam Darnold going up against the Redskins. They're like, Dad, it's Fortnite, Fortnite time. Mm. So yeah. uh, I, I, it is funny. But I do think uh, I do think that that is different than when we were kids. Even if we had like the old school Nintendo or the Sega Genesis or the PlayStation or whatever video games we had, they weren't networked so that you could talk to your friends in their house and like schedule it. So hey, we're going to be on at seven o'clock and everybody's going to get together and we're going to play Fortnite together. And I do think that's a big challenge for the NFL because my boys care about the NFL and they're interested in paying attention to it. But it pales in comparison to them to being able to play Fortnite or honestly, even being able to play Madden, um, which is uh, which is intriguing and interesting in and of itself. Yeah. And the, and the problem is I cut the cord. So I have a I have an Apple TV. Yeah. You know, I, I can't just give her the, the iPad and say, here, here, you watch it on the iPad. No, she wants to watch it on, on the big screen on the on the Apple TV. Mm-hmm. So. So yeah, there's R- like Roberta. What you do, the veteran move, because she's she's still young enough for this. Just give her some Nyquil so you could watch NFL. <laughs> Tell your wife you you notice some sniffles. Nyquil. 
She was up early uh, <laughs> out of the nap. I mean, once once the nap season uh, leaves behind forever, that's a tough time for a parent too because the nap is like the saving grace when you got a young kid like that. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. We have Alex Marvez, Sirius XM Radio, uh, joins us now uh, in the second hour Friday. A lot of times joins us earlier in the week. He's at Alex Marvez on Twitter. And let's start here, uh, Alex. We talked about the young quarterbacks in the NFL last week. Obviously, we get Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and make, they make their debut last night. That's not a surprise. They're both still really good at football. No big surprise there. Sam Darnold gets the start. How would you assess his performance, and how would you contextualize it given what Teddy Bridgewater did as well? What are the Jets going to do with three guys there kind of all in the mix, similar to the Bills? Are they going to keep all three? Are they going to try to trade Bridgewater? What do you see with the Jets' quarterback situation? I don't see anyone in line to get Bridgewater right now, Clay. Do you? I mean, do you see a team that has this pressing quarterback issue that that compels them to bring in Teddy Bridgewater, try to make him catch up with everything that's going on in their offense? I mean, we'll see how injuries play out, of of course, around the league, but I I don't know what Teddy Bridgewater's trade value is. He got $500,000 signing bonus when he signed with the Jets. I mean, that was it. You know what I mean? Like, I I get it that he's been an NFL starter and he's been impressive this preseason, but not sure what the market is there. I think if all things are equal, they end up playing Sam Darnold. But what concerned me was when you watched the first series of that game, I mean, what is what is surrounding Sam Darnold right now? This is going to be one of the worst offensive lines in football. It's the worst tight end situation in football. It, okay wide receivers at, at best. Maybe Quincy Anunwa can come back and make an impact. I think the running game is okay. But are you going to put a guy out there to just take his lumps just to get experience, or are you going to have someone else sacrifice them, and then if they get hurt, then you go to Sam Darnold at that point? I, I think we're going to know a little bit more after this week. You know, Once we see who is actually going to be playing next week, week three, who's getting those first-team snaps? I think we've got a good indication of where Darnold is at. I, I don't blame Sam necessarily for some of the struggles. I, I blame it more around the people around him, and that's obviously part of this Jets reload, this reboot that's going on with this offense, but then again has been going on with this offense seemingly since Joe Namath. We've got Baker Bayfield going up against Josh Allen tonight uh, in a game that I think will get a lot of attention. What have you seen from Baker Mayfield? What have you seen from Josh Allen? What do you anticipate seeing tonight? Well, I have to, you know, first we should all go to Jalen Ramsey for these critiques, by the way. You know, yes, right. right. I mean, he's really the guy that should be giving us all I wanted to get to the actual guys on the field before I got to <laughs> off-field talk, so I'll eventually get to Jalen Ramsey with you. Well, listen, no quarterback is separating themselves in Buffalo in terms of the the younger guys, and you know the other guys, rather, A.J. McCarron, Nate Peterman. And the thing with Josh Allen is he can make throws that those guys can't. So I think ultimately Josh Allen has a pretty darn good shot at starting sooner than later. Going to go through the same growing pains because of some of the same issues they have with with you know up at Buffalo. This wide receiving group is pretty darn terrible. You know we'll see if Corey Coleman is able to to leave the shoe collection behind and do something with his feet on the field uh, since he hasn't in his first two NFL seasons really with the Browns and being acquired in that trade. Uh, you know as for Baker Mayfield, what you loved about his performance last week was doing the things that rookie quarterbacks don't you know don't do normally. That's keeping his eyes down the field not worrying about the pressure in the pocket. It, it, just, it sounds cliche, and it is, but he's one of those guys where the game just comes to him naturally, right? I mean, you just feel like, you know, wow, you, you watch him, and he's so smooth and so fluid. And unlike maybe another, you know, Johnny, all the Johnny Manziel comparisons because they're dynamic college players, and I get that, but the one thing is that I just don't see Baker as that much of a risk taker. I think that's been very smart, you know, on his, on, you know, for him, 
But, you know, he's not getting the love from the Browns right now, right? I mean, you're talking Hugh Jackson's talking about him keeping him third string on the depth chart and, and having, you know, uh, uh, Drew Stanton ahead of him along with Terod Taylor. Terod, we've been pronouncing this wrong since the beginning of time, apparently, but that's where we're at. Um, so I, I don't think Baker's in the starting mix as of right now. That can change if he's dynamic tonight. These other two guys are brutal. But I think they're trying to just make sure when they put him out there that he is truly ready to go and isn't going to get destroyed, you know, like some rookie quarterbacks are. Good or bad for the NFL, what Jalen Ramsey said in that GQ interview. Good or bad for Jalen Ramsey, what he said in the GQ. And good or bad for the Jags. Like, Kind of contextualize this for me from both the league, the Jalen Ramsey, and the Jag perspective. Okay, so from the people I talked to there, right, they believe Jalen Ramsey may be the very best player on their team, period. Like, like if you're ranking 1-53 to 53 on the final roster, not only is he 1, they think he might be the best player in the league some folks there okay wow so, yeah i mean they, but and listen they may be right you know i mean maybe it's just a little bit of you know they're feeling enthusiastic about it but jalen ramsey really doesn't get beat he's a guy who's, who's so big as we know as a corner yet so fast so strong he could play safety and probably not you know you wouldn't blink an eye this, if this guy gets seven eight interceptions he's just that darn good and you know i think the thing was and this is what i don't know yet did the, did the Jaguars know about these GQ comments last weekend that they were coming out, and then you combine that with what happened with a local reporter and, and him blowing up on the, the Jacksonville, the hard-hitting Jacksonville media, uh, yeah. you know, last, last weekend, right? It, it, was, there, was there something else building up to having Jalen Ramsey sit at home with the Minnesota Vikings? And I'll, I'll say this, too, and I, again, I don't know this. Did the Jags figure, you know what, this guy's talking so much, he, it's getting a little bit out of control, we want to actually have good practices against the Vikings, so he's going to sit at home and wait. And the same thing for Dante Fowler Jr., who clearly still hasn't gotten things together. If he's getting into a fight with a teammate in Yannick Ngakwe at, at practice and it continuing off the field. For the NFL, it generated a lot of talk. He, he didn't, Jalen didn't say anything. I mean, he offered his opinion. And of course, Clay, as you know, it's the double-edged sword with athletes. Oh, he said something controversial. You should shut up. And then when the guy shuts up and doesn't say anything except cliche, it becomes, oh, well, this is terrible. No one wants to hear this. Tell us something we want to know. I mean, it's a never-ending cycle about this. Jalen. By the way, this happens opinion. in radio. This happens in radio and TV too right like you right. sit around and you're like oh that guy never says anything interesting and then the guy tells you what he actually thinks and people are like oh my god why in the world would you say that right I mean right. people love to be outraged and react to when people actually give their opinions that's why I think I've kind of gotten people used to it here but my goal for three hours is to sit down and tell you exactly what I think and that's why when I read the Jalen Ramsey comments I was like hey he actually believes this this is what defensive backs actually talk like right when they get ready this is how they yeah. how they uh, break down quarterback play and so I thought it was good for Jalen Ramsey from a branding perspective because he's almost made himself now the replacement for Richard Sherman as the outspoken defensive back in the league and there always seems to be a role for the outspoken defensive back in the league and usually it's only one guy that everybody thinks of used to be Richard Sherman I think Sherman's on the uh, the back nine certainly maybe in the final three or four holes of his career and Jalen Ramsey's just on the ascent right and you know the other thing too listen maybe it's a psychological edge you know and it's not necessarily okay I'm going to get in Joe Flacco's head when I say he's terrible right but if you're playing the Ravens and Joe throws an interception early on does it suddenly come up in the players' heads because it's going to become part of the media narrative all week, right? You see what I'm saying? I mean, there might be a little bit of madness to this method here going on with Jalen Ramsey, just trying to occupy some brain space of some opposing quarterbacks with how he ranks them. I mean, look, and, and for the NFL, again, it, it, I would say this. 
Would you rather have him talking about Jalen Ramsey critiquing quarterbacks, and he did make a Colin Kaepernick thing, or would you rather have the media talking about the national anthem or all the other the stuff that they don't want yes. you talking about? You'd, you'd rather have Jalen talking trash. In fact, I think if you're the league right now, you should have Jalen Ramsey on a conference call every day. You know, <laughs> put, put him out there on Skype, whatever you need to do, 365 days a year. Keep driving that narrative as the regular season approaches. You talk about Jalen Ramsey. What do you think Tom Coughlin's reaction is to this? Because given Jalen Ramsey, that they may well believe is the best player on the Jags. They may well believe he's one of the best defensive players in the league, maybe the best in their mind. Tom Coughlin had to be spitting just bullets when he saw the, these comments because this is the most un-Coughlin-like possible thing that someone could stay in the media. Or has Coughlin adjusted now in his role? I mean, what have you heard about what his response was to something well, like this? Well, think about this, too. I mean, we're talking about Tom Coughlin, the same head coach of Odell Beckham Jr., right? Yes. When, when Odell was out there losing his mind on the football field and Tom not pulling him off or doing anything disciplinary-wise at the end of his tenure with the Giants, the same, the same Tom Coughlin, I just want to make sure, because we, we come, you know, Tom Coughlin comes across as this hard ass and, you know, old school guy, this and that. And, you know, he's not going to tolerate these types of things. And we did get a, you know, a one week cool down period for Jalen Ramsey. But, you know, part of the reason that the Odell Beckham Jr. stuff spun out of control and the sense of entitlement that he built in the Giants organization falls directly on Tom Coughlin and his inability to, to have, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. rein it in. And I think there's a fine line, too. The players on the Jags' defense feed off of Jalen Ramsey. They feed off of that confidence. This is a team that talks trash more than any in the NFL on the defensive side of the football. And they were doing it last year without ever having won a playoff game. They would not stop talking. But, you know, when you get the results that the Jags got, when you get 55 sacks, when you're as dominant as they were at times, it's okay. Keep doing what you're doing. So I think that's, that's I think, where it's at with Conklin. If the guy shows up, he's at practice all the time, he's giving great effort, and he's trying to lead others to play better, I think you have to be careful when you, when you work with these media comments. Look, they'll tell him, hey, listen, you, it's not just you you have to think about, but it's your other players. They left 52 other guys, well, 51 without Dante Fowler Jr., but 51 other legit guys that are trying to make that roster, right, have to answer for Jalen Ramsey to the media, to their friends, to their family, all these guys in camp because of something that this guy said. So I think there's, you know, they'll stress that upon him. When you make these comments, remember, they're not made in a vacuum. It, it trickles down to others. But I think there's, there, again, a real fine line. You don't want, and you don't want Jalen Ramsey disgruntled either. You don't want him to feel like he's not in a working environment that appreciates all the things that he's doing. So it, it's a little bit tricky. I think what they're just hoping is that Jalen Ramsey plays like a 23-year-old but matures like a 30-year-old, if you understand what I'm saying. And once you get that fine, that fine point where the guy's a little bit more judicious in his comments and doesn't draw these types of headlines, but is still able to be a great player. I think that would make Tom Coughlin happiest of all, but good luck with all that. We're talking to uh, Alex Marvez, Sirius XM uh, Radio. Let me ask you this, uh, too. You've talked a lot, and we've talked a lot about uh, the health of Andrew Luck. Jalen Ramsey obviously weighed in on Andrew Luck. <laughs> what are NFL circles saying about what Andrew Luck looked like in his first preseason game back after missing the entire last season? All thumbs up. I mean, really, there, there's been no negative buzz saying, oh, this doesn't look like the same Andrew Luck, or these throws are, are missing velocity and things like that. I mean, he looks like the same guy again. And it's interesting, out of all the guys that Jalen Ramsey offered a negative critique upon, the one that stood out to me that was most interesting was how Andrew Luck actually had pretty darn good passing numbers going against the, the you know Jags defense when Jalen Ramsey was out there. You look at what he's done, I think it was like a 125 quarterback rating. Yep. And, you know, he was trying to say, oh, it's T.Y. Hilton. 
You know what I mean? T.Y. Hilton is the reason Andrew Luck is good. Look, I think with any quarterback, the reason that sometimes it's the receivers is the reason that quarterback is good. But, you know, so far so good in, in Indianapolis. By the way, Braden Smith, I know we, we love SEC country here, the former Auburn guard getting a look at tackle by the way, as the Colts continue to mix and match. And that's obviously going to be so key to, to Andrew Luck's long-term NFL success, right, if he could just stop taking a beating each year. But they have brought in so many different offensive linemen, both veterans and youngsters in Indianapolis. They're determined to get this right. And you're looking at a potential offensive line, Quentin Nelson and Braden Smith, you know, as, as cornerstones for years to come. You know, I think this is going to be a pretty darn good group that's going to give Andrew a chance to not only succeed, but at least stay on the field uh, that more than he has, obviously, in the past couple of years. This is getting a lot of attention, um, and I think the guys have the audio. I'll play it for you. I'm sure you've heard it. It's John Elway talking about Colin Kaepernick, mm-hmm. he, uh, and, and in particular, if you're a Bronco fan, uh, maybe Case Keenum looks okay. Uh, they obviously brought in Case Keenum as the guy at quarterback, but they haven't been very happy with Paxton Lynch. Is Chad Kelly going to be the backup? What is that situation going to look like for the Broncos? And John Elway was asked about the backup quarterback. In particular, he was asked about Colin Kaepernick, and he had this to say. Colin had his chance to be here. We offered him a contract. He did take it. You know, and as I said at my deposition, and I don't know if I'm legally able to say this, but, you know, he's had his chance to be here. He passed it. All right, so that is getting a lot of play and a lot of attention. Now, to be fair, this is before Colin Kaepernick started his protest. Uh, when you saw this uh, this story, did it strike you as it being particularly unique? This is the first time, I think, that we've really had anybody speak out as to what he was asked about or what he said in the deposition surrounding Colin Kaepernick's lawsuits. Yeah, we know a little bit more about the deposition thing at that point. And, and of course, they're, you know, they're putting subpoenas on so many people around the NFL as the Kaepernick camp tries to show that NFL teams colluded to keep Colin Kaepernick out of the NFL. And John Elway is absolutely right. It was, all, it was before uh, you know, the Colin Kaepernick had taken a stance during the anthem. It also was before, if I'm not mistaken, John Elway using Denver Broncos stationery to support Donald Trump, which is something that he did going into the presidential election. And who knows how things would have panned out had Colin taken his social stance while he was with the Denver Broncos. We'll never know that. But, he, but Colin did have a chance to go to and the Broncos. And I, I said, by the way, earlier, I think if Colin Kaepernick had gone to the Broncos, and for people who don't remember this story, there was a dispute over like whether he would take $7 million or $11 million. It was like a $4 million difference. I don't think Kaepernick would have ever started his protest if he had gone to Denver. Because I think a big reason Colin Kaepernick protested was because he wasn't starting. I think if John Elway had traded for him and brought him in, he would have been starting week one and that protest maybe never happens. Well, that's one way of looking at it. I, I don't know. You know, he was actually, I guess, wearing those uh, pigs as police officer yes. socks uh, before that. So I don't know if it would have taken manifested itself during the anthem, but at some point, somebody would have noticed this. So here's what would have happened, okay? Had Colin Kaepernick agreed to the Broncos' offer, he would have taken, um, it would have cost him about $12.4 million in base salary, okay? That, that's what would have happened. But he would have had a job. And you know what? That's, that's huge, right? You would have had a situation in Denver. You're going to a better team. You're not playing in a Chip Kelly offense. It was a team that was willing to make an investment in him uh, at the time, and he didn't take it. So I, I can't play. Listen, I, I know one NFL team, and I'm not going to get into I can't tell you the team play, but I do know there's one NFL team that spoke with Colin Kaepernick, and they just thought that Colin Kaepernick wasn't into football as much as he was all of the other stuff that was going on around him and, and what he's trying to get done from a social activism standpoint. The, the conversation for this team was basically all the social activism stuff and very little about football. And the team just thought, 
what are we getting? Are we getting someone that, that's going to be the typical football meathead and 24 hours in the building and dedicating themselves to this, or is this someone who has other ideas and, and isn't going to be as committed to his craft? As you know, as, as others might be, especially at the quarterback position where it really matters. So, I, listen. I, well, I think that maybe Colin will be able to, to you know, show that there's and you know conversations among NFL teams about what a situation is. I don't think that the guy is completely innocent either, in, in terms of you know why he doesn't have a job in this league. I just think some people really truly question his commitment to football. Uh, we're talking to Alex Marvez. Is there anything else out there that you think we should pay attention to as we come into Friday and Saturday to complete NFL preseason week two? Anything else that you particularly are going to be paying attention to? Uh, you know what? We we all love to see Odell Beckham Jr., right? And I mean, I want to I see him out there. We're not going to see Saquon coming up, so I, I don't think we have that. I mean, it's preseason football, man. It's so morbid play. All we do is sit there and say, look, did this guy get hurt? Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, so today it's like MRI watching. We'll see if Nick Foles suffered any serious shoulder damage. You know, we'll find out, you know, uh, uh, Dr. David Chow out in San Diego from video analysis says that Isaiah Wynn likely tore his Achilles tendon. So the Patriots will be without a first round offensive lineman. That's one. We're going to continue to watch it. it it's, it's miserable trying to do preseason football. It, it really is because you, you just you try to mesh. OK, this team doesn't have a game plan, really, or they're not showing very much. So, I mean, is this guy really for real? You know, is, is this is this team? For real, I mean, what is it? The Broncos went four and zero in the preseason last year. They start off three and one, and then they drop, you know, ten of their next twelve and eight in a row, and they lose to the Jets and the Colts. I mean, that sort of thing. And by the way, to loop back to the Broncos, that is something that is actually the number one thing I will be watching this weekend. Thank you for reminding me. Is the fact that is this offense going to get anything done? I, I mean, out of all the places, I went to ten different teams play on my training camp tour. Out of all of them, I left the, the Denver thinking, uh, uh-uh. uh, <laughs> you know, th- this is not going. Well, I don't think that John Elway has, as you know, he told us it's wait and see on Vance Joseph and how he's evolved as a head coach this season. He also said when I asked him about the you know, about Gary Kubiak becoming, you know, about his role now in the front office, he says Gary's like a brother to me. I still wish he was our head coach today, but he can't do it because of physical health reasons. Well, I mean, what does that tell you? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Vance Joseph's got to get these guys going, and this offense has to get going. You're right about Paxton Lynch. It's unfortunate for him that, you know, he's just not very good. <laughs> That's it. And so, you know, will they move on with another quarterback in the future? The guy to keep an eye on to me is Matt McGloin in Kansas City. If he ends up getting cut, I wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos end up claiming him off of waivers because he's played under Bill Musgrave, knows the offense, and can come in. But if you're counting on Matt McGloin to, to win eight, nine games, if, if – if something happens to Case Keenum, you're in a lot of trouble. I think this Denver team, they may need to juice up their playbook a little bit this week, Clay, to just get some positive momentum going against Chicago. they got to, they got to get something going because right now this offense is in the dumps, and I think this team is already in a little bit of trouble. Alex Marvez, he's always great. We'll talk to him next week at Alex Marvez on Twitter. Go follow him there. Listen to him on SiriusXM. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific institute severe enough penalties and no one ever does it again the nba was so set on guaranteeing that they would never have a brawl like situation like what happened in detroit and as a result you ended up probably with a champ that you wouldn't have ended up with the phoenix suns due to the draconian penalties that were put in place they lost Amari Stoudemire when Steve Nash got checked into the scores table by Robert Ori in that series against the Spurs. There really hasn't even been a fight in the NBA in the last decade. Look, there have been a couple of like, oh, I'm going to shove you, oh, I'm going to bump into you, I'm going to talk trash to you, like we saw in the finals between Draymond Green and Tristan Thompson. But actual fights have been non-existent. 
And so if Major League Baseball wanted to suspend for any significant amount of time, they could any pitcher who they knew intentionally was starting off the game by beating a batter. Instead, they have allowed this to continue. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. He's down on the beach. He had the opportunity to sleep in. He's joining us in hour three. And what happened, Jeff Shorts? You woke up uh, early anyway, ended up on an early morning beach walk by yourself. Very romantic. Uh, I'm like, I'm sleeping, I'm sleeping. And I think my, my wife, I turn over, my wife's just standing over me. We're going for a walk. <laughs> okay, okay, let's go for a walk. We, we, when we were on vacation, which it hasn't been in a long time, we go to bed really early. Like, I went to bed last night, probably 9, 9 p.m. and wake up at like 6 normally. And then we take a nap in the middle of the day. We just sleep. We just have time away from our kids and sleep. Yeah, I mean, that is one of the great things when you have young kids, if you just get the opportunity to not be woken up by them and you can go catch up on some sleep. So you're down uh, on the beach area where I like. What do you think of uh, the 38 beaches? I know you're in watercolor right now. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. We we rode our bikes from the resort all the way kind of down to Seaside, and there's a bunch of shopping there. It's it's really nice. Uh, I could see why people would want to live here. Um, I saw some they had some prices for some condos. I, I, uh, I'm glad your your website's going very well for you because it's expensive down here. Yeah, we got a place in Rosemary. I'm gonna be down there for uh, for Labor Day weekend, um, and uh, it's heaven on earth as far as I'm concerned. Did you watch the NFL preseason last night? Yeah, I watched the Jets game, and then I woke up to to Teddy Bridgewater's the next Joe Montana on Twitter, um, and so I caught up on that a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I saw you know the injury, obviously Nick Foles, and, and what happened to Steelers Packers. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty well caught up, even though I didn't I didn't watch um, you know most of two and a half games. So what is the uh, what is the play there in general? I mean, it's not a surprise. Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers got their start. They're both still really good at football. Um, uh, no, uh, no great shock there. Uh, but when you look at uh, at the situation with Sam Darnold, do you expect him to start Week One? Yeah, I think he starts Week One. I think what happens is it's fairly I think fairly obvious to me. Um, Darnold starts Week One. Look, not many rookies get a, a start in week two of the preseason. Um, I don't know why they would go back from where they're at now. I mean, they, they basically gave him the reins. Here's your kid. It's, it's your show now. I know Josh Rosen. I think they played tonight or tomorrow. is going to get reps with the ones because his offensive line was just so bad the other night. You really can't evaluate him. But they're not saying he's the starter. They let Sam Darnold start this game with the ones, um, and they let Ted, Teddy Bridgewater finish it out. Josh McCown has $5 million guaranteed his base salary. He's not going anywhere. Uh, unless someone's going to trade it for him, but that's a lot of money probably to trade um, to trade for Josh McCown. So I think Bridgewater is the trade piece. And look, we saw Nick, with Nick Foles hurt last night, with Carson Wentz not cleared yet, the Eagles might need a quarterback again. I mean, like there's so many teams out there that they could use a Teddy Bridgewater uh, to start or even to be a quality backup. But I think what's what's great about his story is he's, he seems to be back, and, and he took a vicious hit last night on his legs. I think it was up on his, his bad knee, but nonetheless, he's starting to take those hits again. He's able to bounce back, and look, he led the Vikings to, to the playoffs when he was healthy, and he's a good quarterback, so I'm, I'm glad to see things going well from this preseason, and he'll get a chance to play somewhere at some point this year. Jalen Ramsey, you've been in locker rooms. We're talking <laughs> yeah. to Jeff Schwartz, uh, and I'm sure you've heard the way guys talk in locker rooms, and I think that's probably the way DBs talk in locker rooms about quarterbacks. What do you think the long-range impact, if any, of what Jalen Ramsey said to GQ actually is? 
Uh, there's not much long-term impact. I mean, I, I think it's fairly certain, I'm fairly certain that this is why he got suspended. I know we, we had, when he got suspended for that tweet, I think everyone assumed it was that tweet, and rightfully so, there wasn't any news out. But after seeing this interview, I'm pretty sure this is why Tom Coughlin suspended him. Um, you know, he didn't talk the best about Blake Bortles. Obviously, you know, Tom Coughlin's a no-nonsense. Doug Rowe, no-nonsense. They're not, they don't want, you know, their players in the media talking down about every single quarterback. But the one thing that this guy thought of immediately when I saw these comments, and he's always been an outspoken guy, is this Jaguars team feels to me like the classic team that, and almost like the Seahawks, that, that they talk a lot, which is great. They can back it up. But the second things don't go well, there's going to be a lot of infighting. There's going to be a lot of calling people out in the media. Uh, and things are going to go sideways really quickly um, when they start losing. Because, you know, if we look at the best teams around, around the NFL and in sports, yeah, they might have a guy that, that talks a bunch, um, but but not often. Just when they kind of has to, or he's or does it mainly on the court or the field. Um, and now we have you know Jaguar guys, and not just Ramsey, but just in generally talking all the time. That that typically is a recipe for disaster when things don't go well. And so if they get off to a slow start this year, uh, if they get injuries, I mean last year, Clay, I think that the total you know eleven times sixteen on defense for starts is like one hundred and seventy six. They missed four total Jacksonville last year. Everyone was healthy on defense. So what happens with injuries? You don't play as well. How is that going to play in the locker room when you have guys talking so much? So that, that to me, is a concern. Um, but otherwise, I don't care about his comments. I mean, at least he's being honest and putting his name to it. Can you have a team where the front-facing part of that team is not the quarterback? And a good team. And what I mean by that is – it seems like in Seattle, with the Legion of Boom and everything that was surrounding the Seahawks, ultimately what Pete Carroll decided was, we got to make Russell Wilson the leader of this team. We've got to build around him, right? So we've got to go back, and if we've got to trade Michael Bennett, if we've got to get rid of Richard Sherman in a similar way, ultimately this has got to be uh, the team that's built around Russell Wilson, right? Right. Can the Jacksonville Jaguars be a championship-caliber team if they're built around Jalen Ramsey in that defense? Or ultimately, are you going to have to find somebody other than Blake Bortles, or Blake Bortles just has to take his game to a level we haven't seen before? Uh, the latter. I mean, you have to you have to build a team around the quarterback. And even though you know the Seahawks were maybe built around their defense, how many Hall of Famers are on that defense? Um, you know, Sherman maybe, can't, I don't know, really, maybe. Russell Wilson's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> He's a Hall of Fame talent. He's playing like a Hall of Famer. Um, you know, you, you build around the most important player in any, I'd say, in argue, any, in any uh, pro sport, the quarterback. And, look, your quarterback doesn't have to have a dominating personality, right? I play with Alex Smith, Eli Manning. They're not dominating personalities, but when they speak and when they play, um, they're leaders in, in that manner. So Bortles doesn't have to be like a yeller and screamer, but he, you have to build your team around a quarterback. I mean, there's no other way to, to do it now with the offense so focused on on, on offense. The NFL so focused on We saw last night, we were going to score like 51 to 34 in a preseason game. I mean, preseason used to be like 10 to 7. Now we have guys scoring almost 100 points in a football game. So the game is so based on offense, your quarterback has to be your leader. We're talking to Jeff Schwartz. You know Eli Manning well. You were just talking about his leadership status and, and, and style in the Giants locker room. What do you think he thought about what Jalen Ramsey said? <laughs> and will there be any impact on the field when Odell Beckham Jr. is out there? Saquon Barkley theoretically is back healthy, and that game is going to be taking place uh, to start the season against the Jags. 
Oh, I love Eli Manning's comment. He's like, yeah. uh, he said, no comment who? Yeah. Um, of course, Eli knows who. I, I, there were people that on Twitter were like, Eli has no idea who Ramsey. Of course, he knows. they're playing week one. Of course, he knows who he is. Um, I don't think it means anything. I mean, Eli's had detractors his whole career. Um, you know, but the interesting part is this is Odell. I mean, we've seen that when, when he plays a corner like a Josh Norman a couple years ago, it was a game in Minnesota, game against the Rams, and these were when he was younger. But, um, you know, quarterbacks and, and defensive players can get, can get under his skin. Um, so how much will this uh, maybe alter uh, the way Odell plays on, in week one? Um, I don't know. Quick, quick gambling nugget. I love the Giants plus plus. Like I think it's four points now. Week one against they're being really undervalued against the, the Jaguars at home in week one. I love that. Their, their run defense is really really good. The Jacksonville we know likes to run the football. Um, I don't think there'll be a lot of points scored, but I think the Giants will win that game. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, that will be a game that I care about a lot more because of what Jalen Ramsey had to say. Uh, we tonight we've got Baker Mayfield going up against Josh Allen. We also have. Uh, the the situation where we get the continuing battle going on in Arizona. What's going to end up happening with Josh Rosen versus Sam Bradford? Which of those games are you going to be more interested in watching? Well, I will be watching the Chiefs for a little bit because Pat Mahomes is going to play the, the and your first and half. your bro- and your brothers <laughs> yeah. on the team. So don't pretend Supposedly. that it's because you want to see how Pat Mahomes <laughs> is going to do. I actually will not be. It's at six. It's at six Central. So I will. I will be at dinner. I will not be watching uh, preseason football over having dinner. Um, but um, I think, you know, I think the Cleveland situation is interesting because they just they have no idea what they're doing. Um, and, and typically hard knocks, and it's been a great season so far, really shines a light on the coaching staff. And it typically comes off in, in a good way. I think this hard knocks has not helped you, Jackson. Um, we, we've seen him wishy-washy on player practicing. And look, you have a guy like Callaway who you punish him by playing him the whole game, but you won't practice guys because of health concerns and to, to not give Baker Mayfield any reps with the ones at all is malpractice. Like, how do you know what you have in Baker Mayfield if you don't play him with the ones? What happens if week one comes around and Tyrod Taylor gets hurt or, you know, they, they, their first five games, they could be one and four. They play the Steelers, the Saints, the, the Jets, the Raiders, the Ravens. Um, what, you know, another one and four and Baker Mayfield is, is put in the game and has no experience playing with any of those wide receivers, any of the tight end, any of those guys. Um, it's just it's just stupid. It makes no sense. Look, you don't have to appease Tyrod Taylor. He's a veteran. He knows what's happening in this league. He, know, he got traded um, from, from the Bills. Guys drafted Baker Mayfield number one overall. You don't have to protect Tyrod Taylor. He knows the game. He's a, he's a mature uh, quarterback. He knows what's happening. You don't have to protect him. So I don't get what they're doing. Um, as far as the Bills, Josh Allen probably starts, um, I think, week one or close to week one. Uh, I don't really buy in Peterman or, or A.J. McCarron. And then I think, you know, Arizona, I, I think they want Bradford to, to start, you know, when healthy. He's really good. <laughs> uh, but the problem is his health. And so we'll see how Josh Rosen does with some reps at the ones. But I think Bradford starts there. You said something interesting to me. We were talking off the air as the NFL preseason week one happened. You thought that every player was going to stand for the national anthem. It ends up, whatever it is, a couple of Dolphins, maybe somebody else. I don't think anybody kneeled last night. At least I haven't heard anybody talking about it. Um, You said you think that a lot of players have been told, hey, guys, let's be done with this. Stand for the anthem. Why do you think that happened? Do you think this story is going to continue into the season? Well, we did have a couple guys last night stay in the tunnel for the anthem, uh, but it, but luckily it's not made uh, national news, which I don't think that will. Until really now. That, uh, <laughs> Until well, no, now I mean, when it, you mentioned it. it. I, did, I didn't I mean, even know about it. Now, we haven't talked. 
it's it's out there. I mean, it's not like it's not. They just were in the tunnel and they went on the field. I mean, look. By the way, this happened last year. Julius Peppers was stood in the tunnel um, the week after Donald Trump's comments, and no one reported on it. Like, just no one reported on it. He's and and, and I just think that the ownership and I know some owners try to do this during the season. Uh, we're basically like, guys, like, what can I do to um, not appease you is the wrong word, but what can I do to, to help your mission of, of um, you know, social uh, injustices? Like, how can I help you? You know, can I donate to this and that if we don't stand, if we can, you know, stand, please, it hurts our bottom dollar. So I, I don't know if it's been, I've not asked my friends around the league. I have no idea. I just, I kind of have a feeling that coaches and, and owners are probably saying, like, more the coach. I don't, I don't think the owner, I think we hear if the owner was doing it, but the coaches are like, guys, because I've been on this before this happened, quite before this happened. Um, you know, every year we, we would get a presentation um, the day before the first preseason game or the day out of it. To, and then here's how we handle the anthem, guys. We stand on the line. We have our helmet on our left side or our right side. We put our hand over our heart, whatever it is. And coaches have always done this. Back to college. Here's how we line up for the anthem. Um, and so it's no different now. I'm sure they're doing the same speech now. And they're saying, guys, let's all be a team. Let's all stand up. Um, and then, obviously, if you want to stay inside, stay inside. Uh, but I think it's going to be a dead story when the season starts. You think it's over? Yeah, I think it's over unless, unless you know, I mean, look, obviously the president's going to keep tweeting about it. It's great for his base. We've talked about this uh, many times. Um, but I think you'll see, a, you'll see a handful of guys in the locker room. We'll see no demonstrations on the field. And then it'll it'll hopefully fade away. I think it was almost done last year until the SOB comments. What do you think about um, the, uh, the the mess that it seems like the Denver Broncos have created at the quarterback position? <laughs> it appears that Paxton Lynch is basically done, right? Um, yeah. it, uh, at least in terms of being a viable contender to ever start. He may be able to end up at a backup. We're trying to see if Chad Kelly is the answer for the, uh, for the Broncos at the two spot. And I don't think there's that many people who are that excited about Case Keenum. Um, is the solution in Denver just to ultimately just kind of blow up everything and go back into the draft and take a guy this coming season? Well, what, what, what guarantee is there that they're going to take the right guy? I mean, this has kind of been the problem, right? You, yeah. you had no quarterback there, and she brought Peyton Manning in. Which, and John Elway's been great with free agents. He's hauled in free agents. He's done great in the trade market. But they have not been able to draft and develop a quarterback. You know, this also, by the draft. way, speaks to how difficult it is to figure out who's going to be a good NFL quarterback. Because I think regardless of what you think of Elway as a GM, he's one of the five best quarterbacks of all time, right? Probably if you really go through the numbers. Yeah. And so but, you know, the fact that he can't even figure out who's going to be a good NFL quarterback <laughs> by looking at college quarterbacks is kind of indicative that your average guy sitting on his couch is probably not going to be infallible either, right? I mean, I, I think this is kind of – I mean, you're, you're right. He brought in Peyton Manning, which has helped to cover up the fact that Paxton Lynch, Tim Tebow, uh, I'm not sold on Case Keenum as a guy that's going to be a real difference maker. Yeah. Um, he just really hasn't managed that position very well. No, but and, and look, it goes to kind of a, a thing, a point that's very valid. You know, the greats often are not great talent evaluators. We see Michael yeah. Jordan, you know, with the Hornets that they've been good for a for a long time, and I'm in Charlotte, so I see that all the time. Um, and I think that you know, it's hard to evaluate talent because you're so you're so um, you're so probably, you're so strict on on what you see as talent. And look, a lot of people missed on Paxton Wentz. The Cowboys wanted him, and there are a lot of teams that wanted him, and that obviously has not worked out. Um, you know what's odd about the Broncos is there's a lot of money coming in on them 
to win the Super Bowl. Like, their odds have dropped a lot because there's randomly a lot of money on the Broncos to win the Super Bowl. Maybe they trust Keenum. Maybe they trust their defense. I think it's people wasting a lot of money. I don't see it at all. What about Andrew Luck? Do you believe uh, that Andrew – I know that he's only played one preseason game, but did you and what you saw and read about Andrew Luck, do you think he's back to being normal Andrew Luck, or do you think there's still a lot of apprehension about his health around Indianapolis with that organization? After his first game, I went online and looked up the current odds for the Colts to win the AFC South. I was going to overreact after his first game and put some money on him. But I, I think that he looks – he looks like he did. I remember when he's been healthy, which has been a long time. He seems to always be beat up. The Colts were really good. They made the AFC Championship game twice. Um, they're not as talented as those teams. They don't have a you know a Dwight Freeney, a Mathis as a pass rusher. Um, they don't have a, a, a tight end like they used to have. But they're building up their team slowly. They use draft picks now on, on the interior offensive line. The last couple of years, they've drafted defensive linemen. There's some talent around Andrew Luck, but if he's healthy, watch out because. He is obviously an excellent football player. Um, and, you know, he made something. I like the honesty sometimes from quarterbacks. I know that we have a lot of guys just get up and, and just use the coach speak and the, and the, and the PC stuff. But, um, you know, he said afterwards, he goes, look, I was mentally exhausted um, playing that first game. I hadn't played in so long. I worked myself up into, into excitement. And I'm just tired. And I love the honesty because that's true. He probably was tired after that first game. So a lot of this, I think, the first month or, or six weeks will just be conditioning is, is how is he able to – uh, practice during the week. Uh, how is he able to? How's his arm strength as the year goes on? And mentally, you know, it's a, it's a lot to to do when you haven't done it for two years. So I, I buy Andrew Luck, but I think it's going to be a little bit of a slow start this year. Yeah, you know, and I agree with you on the AFC South. I think the AFC South in particular. I think the Colts. I think the Titans. I think the Texans. I think also the Jags. You do the math on that division. It's wide open. I mean, I think that that any of those four teams could win, and I'm not sure there's very many divisions in the NFL coming into this season where you can say the same. And, and you're right. I mean, the Colts are like plus 500 to win that division. And I think lot, that's yeah. a, that's crazy. The Titans are like plus 300. But I think, it, to me, everybody, you can sketch out a reason why they should be the team that ends up winning the division. Uh, good stuff, as always. Jeff Schwartz, have fun down on the beach down there. Uh, and uh, and keep it uh, safe for me till I get down there for Labor Day. All right. Take care. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.